0: Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Dom. And Father Andrew Kinsteadner. Hi, Father Andrew. Hello there. So uh, this week, our main topic is an interesting one and kind of comes out of uh, out of the news. Uh, the sky is falling <laughs> or at least parts of the sky are falling. <laughs> you may have seen rec- in the, recently in the news that there was this Chinese rocket and it was falling. They just launched it and it was in an unstable orbit. And it was going to deorbit and come down somewhere between, you know, the latitude of Chicago or Cleveland and the latitude of uh Argentina somewhere in argentina uh in the world, and people were were worried because that includes you know most of the united states and and that sort of thing and there were there was a lot of concern like, oh, what if it lands on us? what if we get hit and so the the big questions that were being asked are what what's the likelihood of something like this coming down, and why is this sort of thing coming down now were any of you worried at all about this, concerned about where this rocket was going to land? did this enter into your Calculus?
1: <laughs> no,
2: <laughs> not really. I was just concerned with the fact of why isn't somebody monitoring this thing and making it come in? Like, gee, NASA does
0: all the time, right? Right. So that's actually a big question. So apparently, when rockets get sent up, they're supposed to in most countries, like in most organizations like NASA, SpaceX. I mean, especially SpaceX, they control the return, right? They they land it. But even for disposable rockets. They usually put them. They have them as a controlled return. They have rockets on them. They have guidance computers, and they ditch them in the ocean. That's where they where they generally ditch them. Apparently, China doesn't do this. <laughs> they just send it up and then let it deorbit. And hey, most of the most of the planets water anyway and uninhabited, so it's unlikely to hit anything. Which is a very typically, you know, communist Chinese party <laughs> <laughs> attitude about things. They, that's what happens is they, they're they d- dishing it. So this rocket, by the way, is helping build their new space station, which is supposed to go online next year. So that's one of the reasons why they're expecting to see more of this. Uh, but there's a lot of debris up in orbit and the, the U.S. Space Command, which, well, now I guess it's the U.S. Space Force, their job is to track all of it. I mean, there are millions of bits from the size of a quarter up to giant rockets uh, in orbit. I mean, it's like, It's like the dump up there. (laughs) You just, you know, I mean, at some point you're not gonna be able to, you know, see the sky past it all. Uh, So what what do you think about this? I mean, should should there be regulation, international regulation? Should governments and private corporations be taking active steps to clear out space junk? What do you think about all this?
2: I would think I would think so, because I, I remember I mean, I'm old enough to remember the dawn of space. Okay. Exploration, yep. and I've always been fascinated with these huge rockets and how they get them up there. Since I was a child, and I would now, after all these years, I start to think, okay, how much leftover is rolling around? Are we? Is it going to become a ring like Saturn, or you know, what, yeah. what can what can this do to us? And if it just keeps falling out of the sky, then who's monitoring it and? You know, should somebody tell us where it's going to land somewhere? It, it's just the, it, what goes up must come down mm-hmm. at some point. And I I love NASA. They're very good at thinking about all these things and getting things down safely. But some of these new upstarts, I'm not. I mean, is Elon Musk thinking of that?
0: Well, you know, c- is <laughs> yeah, given that Starlink, their new uh, Internet satellite system has 14000 satellites, I think it is. Mm. that that are going to be up there, that's that's a lot of stuff that they have to keep track of and and take care of and keep it from being a, a danger to people.
2: Yeah, because you figure you've got the stuff that should be up there, the right. satellites, and then the stuff that shouldn't be up, th- up there, the parts that just kind of fall out. and Oops, the wrench just went flying away <laughs> during my spacewalk. Right. You know, I mean, that's all going to go somewhere, too.
0: Yeah, now, the smaller stuff would burn up in that in the atmosphere. That's that's pretty certain. Uh, it's the bigger stuff we got to worry about, but the small stuff is still a danger to satellites and other things like astronauts in orbit, uh, because even a small speck of dust hitting at, you know, orbital speed hitting something can be catastrophic.
1: Mm-hmm. Father
0: Corey, what about you? Do you worry about stuff falling out of space? I would love
1: to get Father Corey's take on this, but you know, he's oh, uh... sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Father Andrew, Father, Father is usually here. Yeah, he's usually <laughs> yes, here. He Sorry, is. Father Andrew.
0: I was thinking of Montana and where there's missiles in in Montana, but are, th- are there <laughs> missile bases in Wyoming? I don't know that. Uh, I know mine's um, in North Dakota.
1: <laughs> you know, there's a I th- I think near Cheyenne. There was a, there's an old one. Okay. Um. So anyway, but, yeah. Father really, Andrew's uh, point of view on this
0: would be interesting. <laughs>
1: um. No, I I I totally agree. I for some reason I keep having in my mind um an analogy of uh just shooting off fireworks. And 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 like and the just the notion that we have to be careful about doing that because even shooting up fireworks, you could I remember shooting fireworks off on on the ranch and of course we would make sure we were far enough away from everyone and then you'd have to kind of watch as some of that debris came down. And of course if you're in a city there's you know used used fireworks stuff all over the street. But you know, some of that stuff is is um on, on on that kind of level it's not super dangerous but it could be i mean it, you could you could have a, a stray spark or something that starts a fire you know so there is danger involved and with with uh the space stuff it's just that but so much more i mean if you have something like that fall out of orbit and not land in the ocean it can cause so much more damage and so much more you know um human take out human life even so, you know, there, there's there's a, a need for that to be controlled and, and a need for that to be in the minds of those who are, are shooting up these rockets. Um, you know, we, we have to that's that's kind of just the, the the whole principle of of sharing this this earth together and being brothers and sisters in the world is that we have to kind of look out for our neighbors. And if I'm shooting a rocket up and as long as it's not landing in my country, I'm fine with it. Then we're not being you know good neighbors and uh you know so so there there's definitely a need for that s- some some sort of a controlled
0: uh re-re-entry yeah. yeah. demolition yeah right i wonder if they could build a satellite or you know a rocket or satellite spacecraft that could travel through orbit and just sweep up stuff <laughs> it was like a big <laughs> roomba for the orbital roomba oh jeez i thought about <laughs> that <laughs> Uh, that's kind of a, a crazy <laughs> notion, but is, you know, in the hierarchy of things to worry about, in our risk matrix that we would build, how much concern should we put to stuff falling out of space compared to other risky things? Like like random, random dangers to us. I mean, it feels like oftentimes with things like this, the media gets all excited, and we have article after article about the Chinese rocket, and the fact is, is it's You're more likely to get hit by lightning than to get hit by a rocket falling out of space. And yet there are other things which happen much more often that we never worry about. But this is just it's a rocket. So therefore, it's more newsworthy.
2: Well, everybody's concept is, is that it's huge. So it's something that can take out a lot of things. But no, you're right. I mean, in the scheme of things, it's the you know, it's the lightning comparison. You know, what's what's the. What's the difference? But I think we have to I think there just needs to be some monitoring since of more course. and more is going up. Yes. You know, and then that means more and more could come down when we don't want it to.
1: I think it's a, a key thing for the media to sensationalize because it's exotic. It's unique. You know, yeah, we're we're more likely to get into a car crash and die than we would by getting hit by space debris. Um, And I and I wanted to bring this up, too, Is is that we're. Pro, uh, well, and I don't even, I actually have no, no idea of statistics, but in February, there was a United uh, air, airline uh, plane that... that uh, Lost an engine or something? Yeah. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, it um, spewed debris over Broomfield, Colorado. Wow. And um, nobody got hurt, but there were, um, you know, it was, a, it was a United flight with 231 passengers on board.
2: Ooh.
1: Uh Yeah, and so it did make it back to Denver um, with just emergency powers as one of their engines blew out. You know, so there there are dangers like this, but even that is incredibly rare.
0: Yeah, it's less likely, like you said, than, you know, getting in a car accident and and that sort of thing. And that's one of the things I think about from a faith perspective is, you know, you could worry about all kinds of things in life now. On the one hand, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to test the spirit in the sense of, Mm -hmm. you know, walk around in a daydream like, oh, God will protect me from everything because he loves me. You know, people die every day, right? (laughs) You know, it's like a a lot of them die of dumb things. So it's and God loves them, too. But there's also the don't worry excessively about things that are unlikely. And I think we have become as a people in general, really bad at assessing risk from various things. Um, I remember Y2K having friends who were stockpiling, you know, barrels of food and they moved from the city out to the country because they didn't want to be when when, you know, the purge happened, you know, that's all that sort of stuff. And it's like the, the likelihood of that happening was extremely low, you know, or when there's a shark attack at the beach in the summer because it happens. But. Millions and millions of people go to the beach. How many people get attacked by a shark? You know, it's just so low. And yet when there's things in life that are much more common risk, risk, people are really blase about it, like, you know, wearing a seatbelt in your car, you know, right. the, or, or that sort of thing. Uh, so I think this, you know, this is a part of that bigger question of how do we are we accurately assessing risk? Are we are we being too risky on some things and not? Risk averse enough on the right things, uh, and are we, are we, are we drawing the line? I'm trying to say say this correctly. The drawing the line correctly between trusting in God and taking God God's protection for granted. And there's a, I think there's a line that you can be on either side of for that. And uh, and I, I think that you know, giant space rocket falling in, out of the sky is a fun way to introduce that that, that topic. But that's really what this is about, is, is making solid decisions about what is risky and what isn't. What do you think?
2: I think some of that has to do with control. Yep. The smaller, riskier things are within our control, like wearing seatbelts. We can decide whether or not to wear them. Like going to the doctor, we can decide whether or not to go. But something falling out of the sky is totally out of our control. We can't. We can't stop it. So then that becomes a source of, for some people, not for me, but for some people, a worrisome thing. Um, That's where we, in all of these things, God needs to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's a small risk or a big risk. God needs to be all there because if not, you go pretty much crazy, which a lot of people, that's how come they have, you know, sometimes too much anxiety because everything is a worry
0: look at social media it amplifies yes. that
1: sort of worry yeah um i i what came to my mind was the quote that's um from padre pio the pray hope and don't worry yes mm-hmm. worry is you worry is useless god is merciful and we'll hear your prayer you know like uh we we put our faith in god and we pray and we we hope for the best you know but worry worry just just really it it corrodes our own hearts and our own you know ability to live Mm -hmm. and and some people yeah are unfortunately perhaps are are um you know have kind of more the anxiety problems and they they are unable to see perhaps what is prudent and i think that's where being members of the body of christ can come into play we have we have you know the people around us the 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 experts who can kind of help guide us and um you know it's it's kind of silly on one hand to just be worried about everything that you're not going to walk out your door you know but some people you know that that is their their experience and they 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 need some help breaking out of it and that's where we can be you know good good stewards and good christian brothers and sisters and and reach out to to our, our neighbors on the flip side you know we also can't be reckless um i'm i'm often reminded in in a lot of what i do is when talking about virtue in general virtue is always the the mean between the extremes and so especially if we're going to talk about fortitude here you know being courageous doesn't mean that you're brash or you're reckless but it also doesn't mean that you just shy away from everything in cowardice there's a there's a balance there and, and of course finding that balance is is not always the the easiest thing but that's um you know kind of what we what we strive for and and what we rely on each other as well to kind of help us to figure that out along with along with prayer
0: i mean people people do get struck by lightning every year i mean there are some so you know that it's that that is life and you have to be you know if you have faith you just have faith that god is that his will for you is what is done if his will is that i get struck by lightning then that's his will be done you know i i that I think that's part of the pray hope and don't worry I pray. Mm-hmm. I hope God's will be done in my life, and I don't worry about it. Whatever's whatever it is is, and 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 if something like the Chinese rocket falling out of the sky helps remind us of that, then there's a little bit of a blessing in that.
1: But I, and I think Joanne, you made the the great point that that there is an aspect of this that that what we don't worry about is the things that are outside of our control. So I shouldn't just go out and say I'm not going to wear a seatbelt and I'm going to be reckless, and you know. And, and, but I have, I, I'm just not going to worry like, okay, that's, that's kind of taking it to the extreme. Like, no, you'd be prudent about things. You do things appropriately, but if it's, you know, I'm going to go for a drive and do everything in my power to, to be safe. And, you know, and I am say hit by somebody else that's outside of my control. You know, that's, that's where we just put our faith in God and still go out for a drive anyway, you know, because that we don't have control over. Yeah, definitely.
0: Good. Excellent. So stuff falling out of the sky. Don't worry about it. It's not going to hit you, probably. If it does, let's hope it's <laughs> the will of God. <laughs> let's hope it's God smiting you and that that would be that. No, no, no. Anyway. Uh, I So before we head on, move on to the next uh, segment, I want to thank our patrons. We always want to thank our patrons for their assistance and keeping us going. Uh, and this time I want to make it uh thank Dan F, Cameron C, J- Paul J, Jamie N, and Michael L. Their generous donations at sqpn.com give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com give. And a little preview, folks. The patrons have made it possible for us to create two new StarQuest shows that are debuting later this week. Uh, keep an eye out on our social media, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media, our Twitter account at SQPN, our website, sqpn.com. Two great sh- new shows coming. If you're a fan of the Secrets of Tech, uh, you're probably going to like them both. So uh, keep an eye out for that uh, little preview there. And thank you to the patrons who make that possible. All right, let's move to our headlines. This is another one that you may have, a new story you may have uh, heard about, that in, and especially I've heard in the uh, southeast part of the United States. There's been a huge gas shortage. Uh, people are talking about, oh, the gas stations running out. If it's like back in the '70s again, oh, <laughs> we're please, back in the Carter not again. administration. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> gas again. lines. Uh, so we're running out of gas, and the reason is is there's a pipeline that called uh, Colonial Pipeline that supplies, I think, 45 of the of all jet and gasoline jet fuel and gasoline on the East Coast uh, has been taken out basically or shut down. Due to ransomware hackers, and um, the pipeline uh, per, uh, runner, the the company that runs it, has said that they should have it back up again by the end of this week, as as we record this, and things should be getting back to normal. But it does highlight to us the vulnerability of our nation's infrastructure to cyber attack, and you know it makes you wonder, you know how are we not securing these things why is this vital tech, uh, t- technology this vital infrastructure on the internet at all you know where a an outside group can attack it now there was an interesting uh twist in the story just this week the the group that claimed responsibility that's behind it have said oh you know we're not connected to any nation state we're not working for russia or china that's that was some of the uh speculation was that these some of these hacker groups are actually working for Russia, China, North Korea, and various other nation states against the U.S. And they say, oh, no, no, no. In fact, we have a pledge that we we are apolitical. We don't and we don't uh, attack anything, any societal. We're not creating problems for society. We just want to make money is, is the, what they said. And they won't attack hospitals, nonprofits, educational institutions, etc. Um, which, you know, they're. Crooks with a with a heart of gold, apparently. Crooks with a code. <laughs> uh, so they're they're not Robin Hood. They're not stealing the money and giving to the poor. That they're keeping the money for themselves. Uh, but uh, so there's a couple of different aspects of this story, which is interesting. One, the vulnerability that it, it highlights in the U- United States infrastructure, and two, this question of this ransomware and the, the ongoing problem that these they think they're Eastern European. Uh, uh, at least hacker groups that these foreign hacker groups have to Americans. Whether it's not all, not all hacker groups are leaving individuals or nonprofits or what's whatnot alone. They're everybody is vulnerable to them. So, what do you think of this story? That's kind of an, become an interesting story. Uh, Joanne, have you seen a problem getting gasoline in Rhode Island? Not yet, but I have this.
2: I have this um thing that every time. Th- Uh, something hiccups in the gas and oil world prices go up and it's the truth i see it because i travel an hour to work every day you know one way every day so i see the gas prices fluctuate and yes i was 16 years old when they had the gas um crisis and i remember standing you know sitting in a line for an hour to get gas and to only get 10 gallons Yep. So I remember all that.
0: When cars were gas guzzlers and (laughs) 10 gallons got you about 50 miles.
2: (laughs) Exactly. And I can't for the life of me, and it could just be my naivete, figure out why we haven't figured out a better system of delivering gas in all this time. I mean, you would think that they would have checks and balances and backups and, you know, all of that. But if a pipeline goes down, it's almost like, oh, my gosh, we're all corrupted. And now we've all got to stand around with our hands in the air.
0: Part of the problem is, is they this they won't due to politics they can't build more pipelines. We saw that with the right. Keystone pipeline. There are environmental concerns about pipelines, uh, so we get ever more reliant on more older, you know, delivery systems. But these systems are not secure, and it's not just pipelines. It's power plants. It's the electrical grids. It's all this stuff, and we are extremely we are a very technological nation and very dependent on our technology. And if any of these things go down, we're in big trouble.
2: We're a technological nation, but I think we're behind in how to defend ourselves. Exactly. That's the whole thing. I mean, we're great for getting out there and doing these things, but nobody's watching the back door half the time. So these other folks are able to get and they like us because apparently our systems are weak enough that they can get in.
0: Right. And And, play around. And we have enough money that they can hold it for ransom. We'll give
1: it to them. And and did... I didn't didn't see it in the article, but do you know how they hacked the system?
0: They haven't said how they got in. So I think that's a security issue that they want to reveal. So
1: I I guess my, my point with that is that I've seen a lot of these things that end up happening, and it's because whatever the the company didn't have their system updated and they didn't have the current, you know, software updates. And so it, it wasn't necessarily a matter of, you know, the hackers just exploited a an unknown vulnerability, but it was, they exploited something that was already known and fixed. And then, you know, just through, through their own negligence, they didn't, have things updated
0: had a key piece of technology running windows xp or something (laughs) right
2: (laughs) yeah that's the whole thing these these corporate folks don't realize because some of them are not tech savvy that you have to put the money into keep keeping your system updated they're thinking oh we bought these computers five years ago they're perfectly fine they work fine no they don't they need updates right
0: and frankly i think churches to bring this back to to something all three of us understand Mm -hmm. churches are extremely vulnerable (laughs) diocese and individual parishes are i I mean when i worked at the archdiocese of boston i started there uh, in 2007 and i was told they'd only switched from physical accounting books literal ledgers uh, within the past 10 years from that like they had computerized them within 10 years of that date i mean and and when i got there in 2007 they were still running windows xp on their computers i mean it was just uh, astounding and uh-huh. the, and the password and security practices were terrible probably still are i i could probably still use some of my passwords i haven't worked for the diocese in you know 8 years i mean so churches and i've said this many times churches need to get better at this because you we are all targets and frankly churches are targets catholic the catholic churches are targets because you know we we have physical vandalism going on at churches across the country because people don't like our our message and that's going to translate to being cyber targeting us and we need to be better at this you know i mean it's you know it's not like we can't have mass if we don't have our computers but it becomes an issue if we can't get into our records or financials all that sort of stuff um but you you're right you man right. we it it's not it's not enough just to buy this technology you have to maintain the technology and it's more expensive to fix something when things have gone wrong than it is to keep it up to date. Yep.
2: And something I always tell churches, please, buy something, a system that you can grow into and not out of in a year.
0: Yes. Because yes. they'll
2: buy the bargain base. But oh, yes, the secretary only needs this. No, 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 no. You don't understand. In about a year, it'll be obsolete. And she's going to be sitting there going, this thing is so slow. So... <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Like even a big corporation like Colonial Pipeline, you know they 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 carry a lot of you know two and a half million barrels a day in this pipeline, and they they were susceptible nuclear power plants and all this other stuff. So we you know as a as a nation and individuals we have to be better at this. Keep ourselves safe from from this nonsense is a slight something slightly different like i got i got hit recently i don't know if i said this on the on the show someone stole my uh apple card number uh not too long ago Ooh. and they uh, racked up uh like seven thousand dollars in charges or no it's not that because my credit limit wasn't that high but they basically used up my entire credit limit for wow. few, several thousand dollars oh, wow. on three purchases i'm th- there was a, some miscommunication i ended up having some trouble getting it taken off but I eventually did but what's interesting is is with the apple card every time you make a charge it shows up as a notification on your phone and including the declines. And I keep seeing declines pop up. I had one just before we started recording. Someone tried to use the, the old card number at Pizza Hut somewhere for 50 bucks. I mean, just seeing these things and it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm glad it was the Apple card and not one of my other cards because the Apple mm-hmm. card is easier to keep secure. Now, I, I, I think I know where the number got out, but I, I, I'll, I think in a future episode, I'll have a, a tip on when and when to use apple card when not to use apple card online and what ways to keep you sell, yourself to do safer financial transactions privacy.com is is a key aspect of that I've, that was I've had that as a pick before um so just the, all that to say it's all of our responsibilities to keep ourselves safe w- one of the things i was going to mention speaking of all of our responsibility is not only could it have been a piece of uh, software or hardware that needed to be updated. It could also be a social engineering attack. It could be someone who, an employee, opened up an attachment in an email or clicked on a website that had a, you know, malware, Trojan horse, and that was it. And we've got to be, we've got to be smart about these things. We've talked about this a lot on the on this show, but we've got to not only be smart ourselves, we've got to educate others about the security. So, anyway, that's my sermon for this week (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about another uh perennial uh headline that we could talk about this one is uh a from the new york post a uh a boy four years old accidentally bought twenty six hundred dollars worth of spongebob popsicles on amazon yep uh now the story doesn't tell us how he did it did it was it on Mm -hmm. mom's phone you know, mm-hmm. was he playing on an iPad? It, it doesn't give us any enough details to to know exactly what it is, but it's likely to be one of those things where the four year old had been given a, a device that had the ability to make purchases without a password or any kind of pin code. And uh, the, uh, in true New York Post tabloid style, there's lots of puns in it. Um, uh, what did it say? it's see oh there was a couple of good ones in there um a four-year-old fanatic from brooklyn went a little overboard buying three thousand dollars worth of, of non-refundable spongebob SquarePants popsicles on amazon a friend helped the mom set up a gofundme to help cover the chilling cost uh so on and so forth yeah one, yeah there's a lot of dad <laughs> jokes uh dad jokes in this one it's a fro- frozen treat fiasco
2: but yeah it's I mean, very this, it's very in- it's very interesting that he sent them to his aunt's house. So this kid kind of knows what to do with, with this, with how to purchase things.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, it must be that there was a, a prior purchase that was sent to his aunt's house or something like that. Like, I, it's it's kind of fascinating for like, I don't think I can't think of a, a four year old being able to do anything that all that sophisticated. It's just it, it's it reinforces this idea. We've got to be careful when you're handing technology to kids.
1: Well, and it, and it and it kind of brings out the, the point of how far is too far when we're going for convenience, you know, because the whole the one one click purchasing is super convenient. You don't have to put in your password and you don't have to do anything. It's just one click. You're done, you know, but how is that really a good idea to have if you have kids who have access to the same tablet or phone? You know, for me, where I'm the only one who has access to my phone and I don't have kids, you know it's it's totally fine but you know we we have to kind of balance convenience versus um accidental oops like like this
2: but remember too this is amazon he doesn't need a phone all he has to do is invoke the a lady
0: yeah. uh, oh, and yeah. and
2: say i want popsicles send them to my aunt's address and the a lady would probably do it
1: that's that's true Although but that you, also brings up you can yeah. you can turn that off Right. Yes. You know, so, so especially if you're, if you're a parent and have one of the Amazon Echoes, you may want to turn that off with, with the kids around.
0: <laughs> yes. But you, yes. But what
2: you said, convenience, people right. have that for convenience. Yep. They don't want to type. So they'll just say, hey, lady, do this.
0: Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't have that turned on on my Echo devices. <laughs> I mean, and my kids are old enough not to do that, but it just it, it, Frankly, the Echo often enough, like, mishears things we're saying as it is. (laughs) I (laughs) I don't want to end up with, you know, $5,000 worth of SpongeBob underwear showing at my house or something. (laughs) That would be really difficult to explain. Uh, Uh, So, but yeah. So, again, these stories come up. It's a a, a nice reminder. Always be careful when you're handing kids technology to to be sure that there's no way they can make in-app purchases or make purchases on it. Just just be clear. Um, and also look at your echo. That might be another way he did it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the next story, this is kind of a sad story, is about Snapchat. A court has ruled that Snapchat can be sued. It has a rule that they're responsible. So just I want to be clear up front, but it has ruled that it can be sued by a family uh, for its role in potential or alleged role in in the death of three young men in a car that was speeding. So apparently, what happened is these three guys were in a car in Wisconsin, and they were driving at over 120 miles an hour down a, a a road near cornfields. They wanted pictures of them driving fast past cornfields, and Snapchat has this filter where you can show like live speed on it. So when you're however fast you're going, it shows up. And the family says that that speed filter was a gamification or a game that enticed users to be unsafe while driving. And so it's not that Snapchat itself is, is like the whole app itself it was the problem, but this particular part, aspect of it. And what do you guys think of this? Is do you, do you agree with that, that the gamification of speed with a filter might be partially responsible for what these kids did? I mean, the, the boys themselves did the driving, so they're mostly responsible, frankly. for for their own actions but is snapchat at all responsible i
1: i would say yes to some degree um something like a speed filter uh i at least in my mind that just entices the the whole point of that or the whole point of filters is to get seen by more people and to generate more you know uh more engagement actually yeah yeah, and 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 i forget exactly how snapchat works because it's not like i don't i don't know if it's you send it to your friends so i don't know if there's a Public sort of view feature. There might be. I. I don't know. It's. But I'm at least not on the, Snapchat,
0: it gets engagement from their friends. But right. Yeah. So,
1: but but the point of the filters, yeah, is to increase engagement. And so, so some of them are are you know completely benign, and it's you know it's a filter that says this is my location, or you know I'm in Hawaii or wherever, or this is what the temperature is, or you know, and those sorts of things. But even that one could could be the problem with them is they encourage the more. Extreme, um because that gets more engagement and more likes or laughs or or whatever. And with the speed one, I mean, I I don't really know of a point when you would really use that other than trying to just show. You want to show how fast you're going, and so this kind of a situation. Now, I don't think that that's initially why they were driving the car over 120 miles an hour, but I think it may have added to the let's share this and get engagements. So I, I think it 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 entices more of that kind of behavior in general. Yes, certain filters. That.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah that that's a big hell yes on my meter <laughs> um, because you're you're making it look like a game. Now everybody who listens to this podcast knows I'm not a big gamer, but I do think on this type of a driving game, somewhere there's a speedometer saying how fast you're going and what you're doing, and that feature in Snapchat sounds like it's doing the same thing. We're taking this and you're here's the speed and this is what they're doing. And kids of that age said these kids were 17. The 17, they would have grown up with those types of games. So what's to say, okay, now that I can get behind the wheel of a car, let's mimic the game. So, yeah, I think it feeds into that mindset. And, yeah, they should be if they can be sued.
0: Do it. And 17 year old boys are invulnerable. They, they, they think mm-hmm. that they're
1: never going they're immortal and never going to die. And, and it feeds into that whole the more engagement you get, the more I mean, it's the whole the more dopamine is released, the, you know. And so it just it's it feeds into that, that or in a Facebook analogy, the more likes you get, you know, the more the more you feel good, if you will. And so the more that you want to do these things that get more likes, and yeah, it, it is, and, and that is very game mechanic, that's how a lot of games work, is they the games train you that if you accomplish certain things, you're going to get rewards, whether that's in-game or dopamine or a mix of the two, and that's, I mean, that's even where the microtransactions work, that you can pay them to get the rewards quicker, you know, and Snapchat I don't think has that necessarily, but it's the same principle, That if if I use this filter and it's a higher number on the speedometer, it's likely to get more engagement, which is going to turn into more dopamine and rewards on my end. And and yeah, it just it just kind of causes this reckless behavior
0: and all the girls who think I'm cool and. You know, right? No, no, I, 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 yeah, Yeah. I.
1: Not all the girls
2: think
0: that's cool. (laughs) Let me tell. But seventeen-year-old boys think all the girls think that's cool. Exactly. (laughs) And
1: and they're they're making the point, and I and I can understand this too. That it's not. They're trying to say that it's not Snapchat's fault per se. It's you know the the users who are using it this way. You know, and I and I don't. I think Snapchat should do away with these kind of filters that promote reckless behavior. But at the end of the day, too, I don't know if I would put them at fault for someone using their filters in a way that is dangerous.
2: Yeah. In, in a in a see, I, I'm a little mixed on that because yeah. I would think Snapchat knows enough that they want people to use their app. So they're going to put things on it that's appealing. But since we have free choice, free will, it is up to us to... Use it or not use it. So, it's so they, a, it's could a be, very they could be they could be hiding
1: line. hiding behind that. Well, we have these things, but people are choosing it to use it incorrectly, even though, yeah, they may they, they surely they totally understand that, that the more filters they have,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because that's going to get more engagement on Snapchat and more engagement on their app and get them more revenue. Somebody sat in a meeting and they
0: said, let's do a speed filter so that, you know, kids get excited and they can put this. There's, you know, they're driving fast. And but we would never say that you should drive. In fact, we should definitely say don't drive fast or do this while you're driving. Right. But we should put it on there anyway, because kids will love it. I mean, if if they were. Well, two things. A Snapchat knows most of its audience is kids. So. It's not really adults that this is aimed at, you know, what stupid adult would do this, but (laughs) they're they're immature adults who would would do this, but they they know that they're the Snapchat knows its primary audience is kids. And, but, but also B, they could have put a limit on it so that if your physical speed gets above 65, Mm -hmm. it stops. And so there's no benefit. There's no enticement to go faster. But on the other hand, what's the point of the filter? Like the filter is, is pointless unless you're going fast. So I think that's the crux of the legal argument. There's no point to this filter except to show extreme speeds.
1: Right, because nobody wants to share their one mile an hour speed, Yeah, you know, walking well, uh, down the road. I would do but, it if
0: I'm like, look, I'm stuck in rush hour traffic and I've been going two miles an hour for the past hour.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and here's the telling thing. As the 17-year-old behind the wheel accelerated to 123 miles an hour, one of the passengers opened Snapchat. So they waited till they got to an extreme speed, not just you know ten miles over the speed limit.
0: Yeah. So, so what this does is it 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 also potentially sets a precedent. So the district court dis dismissed the lawsuit. The appeals court let it go forward, and that's is kind of under undercuts the immunity that most social media companies have had under Section two hundred and thirty of the Communications Decency Act, which they say you know we're just a common carrier. We we don't. We're not responsible for how people use our our mm. platform. This says you are responsible. This potentially says you can be responsible if you entice people to use your platform in a particular way. And that's an interesting argument. And that could have repercussions far beyond Snapchat to mm-hmm. Facebook and Twitter, I frankly. And that would be an interesting place to go and to see. So very interesting. All right. I think that does it for our our headlines this week. let's move on to something fun and let's talk about our picks of the week. Father Andrew, since uh, this is not your usual uh, time (laughs) and you're in Father Corey's seat. So uh, I'll let you go first.
1: What's your pick of the week? So my pick of the week is um, it's a JBL Clip 3. So it's a Bluetooth waterproof speaker. Um, And so this is this is my pick. Well, first of all, because it's coming up on summer and people are going to be outside and what's what's nice about this bluetooth waterproof speaker is that it's it's small it's i mean it's maybe i don't know maybe six to eight inches in diameter it's a kind of a little circle and it's got a carabiner clip on it so you can just clip it to your backpack and take it with you wherever you're going if you're going to the to the beach or the pool or or wherever Um, it's, it's really handy. And so it's Bluetooth connects to your phone. You can stream your music. You can stream your favorite, uh, podcasts to it as you're out and about. And, uh, one of the other main reasons that I use it is it, I hook it up in my shower. So I, I like to have, um, music as I'm, as I'm in the shower. So it's kind of a fun way to just either, either listen to something or listen to music or, or wherever. So it's. Yeah, super handy. It's I think it's about sixty or seventy dollars for this particular one. Um, but it's it's uh it's a pretty pretty neat neat device, and I've had it for quite some time.
0: It looks like Amazon has them as a refurbs for as low as forty five bucks too, so you can get a there. You PLW. go, yeah
2: my husband would shoot me if i put one of these in the shower but boy is, but boy is this tempting because it's very hard when cuz i i too like to hear music in the shower and it's tough when you have a speaker across the room and you're jacking it up so high that so you can hear it
1: that's yeah, a great well, idea and my 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 cousin when i was a kid we would go visit them and and she had this fm waterproof radio oh, yeah. in I their remember shower those. yeah and and i thought it was the coolest thing ever because we <laughs> didn't have one of those at home so yeah. this is sort of an evolution of that mm. and uh you know and and perhaps it would work well if if someone has like you know a bathtub and they're they're wanting to to soak and to have some gentle calming music play uh you know good for that too so jbl has a lot of cool good uh bluetooth speakers of various kinds
0: i have the jbl boom box uh, which I got as a review uh, unit a while ago. And I tell you, I, I, whenever I have to grill, you know, for dinner, I take it outside mm-hmm. and I listen to music out there. It it can get really loud. Uh, my neighbors would not appreciate that if I put it way <laughs> up, but uh, it's portable. It's, it's like, it's a 21st century boombox. I mean, those, like I remember them <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah. it's pretty cool. Awesome. Good pick. Uh, Joanne, what's your pick this week? Well,
2: I'm going back to my cutting the cord streaming roots. Um, and, putting up for your enjoyment or disdain discovery plus now discovery plus is a new streaming service that takes all of those channels that you don't want to admit you're watching (laughs) (laughs) hgtv food network lifetime and it puts them on one streaming service now since these things show up in other streaming services why would you want to spend another 6.99 a month because that's the one without the ads um Here's the reason, because what I started to notice both on cable and on YouTube TV, which is my mainstreaming source at this point, they're not they're showing the same episodes over and over again. Like if I see this one episode of Dr. Pimple Popper for the ninth time, I'm going to scream. <laughs> what they do on Discovery is that, yes, they have every season. So you've got about 37 of them of Chopped. And but. You can watch anyone you want at any time. And they're also putting together nonstop 24 seven channels of like the Property Brothers, if you, or the Deadliest Catch, if you want to watch just that particular show, it's on 20, it's on a loop, it's on 24 seven. So we have found that we're watching those discovery channels more on. Discovery Plus than we would be on YouTube TV. So that started to make us shift a little. Do we really need all that money in YouTube TV? And this is what happens when you're a cord cutter. You end up, because you can move around so much, you can say, I like this combination better. This this is working for us right now, so I think for six ninety nine for no ads, and you can get everything from Oprah Winfrey to Magnolia, the Fixer Upper folks. I think it's it's not a bad deal.
0: Yeah, it I mean, really this isn't. This I mean, if this is the sort of stuff you watch on cable, I mean, this would be the HGTV Food Network, TLC, Animal Planet, Discovery, A and E, DIY Network, Travel.
1: Yeah, I think I think is history. I think History Channel's on there too. Yes, it is because oh. I I looked up the uh, the Skinwalker Ranch episodes.
0: <laughs> uh, new season? I, I,
1: are they and, coming out with a new season? Oh, the new
0: season Ooh. started. So they oh second no, okay, I need episode to watch it. just dropped. Yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> and it has all the Discovery channels because there's three different Discovery ones. So you can't get some of your favorites on regular Discovery. It's on Discovery Family and Life, or it's on you know. I love the way they've chopped all this stuff up and they have a couple of originals that are really funny. So I I that's the one that has the I think I brought it up in a in a previous episode. The uh, co- comedians on couches watching House Hunters.
1: Oh, wow, well, yes.
2: right. That's hysterical.
1: Um I would also throw out so I have Discovery Plus so I Totally. I'm on board with this. And I do watch like Love It or Listed on h d t v And so mm-hmm. I love some of those kind of shows, but I also love the Food Network. Um, so and so a sh- there's a show out there called Good Eats with Alton Brown. Yes. Oh. His newest season is exclusive to Discovery Plus. Right. So yes. so that helps. But one of the things that I wanted to point out was that the reason that I got Discovery Plus is because I have a Verizon Unlimited plan. And I got there, there, there is, if you have a Verizon unlimited plan, there's certain of those plans that you get discovery plus free with it. So if you're at all interested and you have a Verizon unlimited plan, check into that because that's, I'm not paying for discovery plus right now. And that was, that was what got me to jump into it. And, and yeah, I, (laughs) I kind of like it.
0: I've been very tempted, to be honest, that uh, there's certain things I, I like to watch. And it's sometimes you just, I'm, you know, you're sitting down like, ah, I don't want to watch Netflix tonight or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I just want some mindless entertainment. Sh- show me a bunch of episodes of people fixing up homes. Just... <laughs>
1: Yep. You don't want the emotional investment of a of a drama,
0: <laughs> right? Or I want to feel like I'm sitting in my doctor's office's waiting room and watch like seven episodes of The Property Brothers in a row while I'm waiting for my doctor to show up. But uh, that's never happened. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, I gotta I'll be honest. I've been very tempted by by uh, this, but both for I, Good Eats and uh, Mike Rose Six Degrees, which are both exclusives. Mm-hmm.
2: I think you'll enjoy it.
0: Yeah, All I right, agree. This, there's another seven bucks in my budget i I'll, I'll find <laughs> it from somewhere else I'll cancel something else uh good well that's that's great thanks Joanne my wallet thanks you too and uh, so uh from something that costs money to something that's free I have uh something this is a little a little off the beaten path a little uh a little uh, off uh it just takes a little explanation it's, it's it's a mac app called obsidian and it's it's a personal how do they describe it it's almost like a personal wiki or personal knowledge operating system, like they almost call it, like a personal operating system. I don't know. It what it is is it's a it's an app that gives you uh text documents that you can link together uh using a uh a uh markup language called markdown. It sounds very complicated, but it's not. So what it is is basically you can you have you have lots of information that you get got to keep track of. I have lots of information I have to keep track of on a regular basis. And a lot of times this information is linked to each other, to the other information in various ways. So I've got, for example, I've got Quest podcasts. And so I've got uh, Father Andrew, you're on several different uh, Quest podcasts. And so when I'm talking about secrets, of, if I need to record some information about secrets of Star Wars, and then i want to link it to you so that i when if i need to find out everything i know i talked to father andrew about something with one of our shows i can find all the stuff i've ever recorded about you in relation to all the various shows and there are links between them you know so as i'm writing in the in this document it will link common information just like in a, in a wiki so if i put two brackets square brackets around a name or uh you know a person's name or the name of a show or any information it will automatically create links. It's kind of hard to describe. So you have to kind of download it to try it. But what I'm using it for is uh, I've started keeping a daily work journal. And what that does is it helps me keep track of everything I do each day Related to the related to the job, so that I have a record of okay, I talked to Jimmy Akin on this day about this aspect of Mysterious World, and then I talked to uh, Victor Lambs about editing these two shows, Secrets of Doctor, Who, Secrets of Star Trek, and it allows me to keep very close track of of all the things I've done, so I don't forget things. It's, this is my biggest thing is if I don't write it down, <laughs> I don't remember it. In some ways, it does a little of what Evernote has always done for me. So Evernote is a, a way of creating individual notes or individual documents where I can record things. But it doesn't, Evernote doesn't link documents as easily as Obsidian does. Obsidian is built to link things. The other thing the advantage that Obsidian has is that all of the documents are plain text. If Obsidian goes away tomorrow, I have a bunch of plain text documents on my computer in a folder that I can open up in any text program. And that can't stay the same for Evernote. That's just not the way Evernote works. So, um, there are several YouTube channels where people explain how obsidian works um there are there's a good discord for the obsidian obsidian community, but it's I'm not saying this for everyone, but I've really after a lot of hemming and hawing about should I add another thing to my personal workflow i I added it, I tried it out, and I've been using it for nearly a month now, and it really has helped me keep track of things even better than I was before and so uh it might be something you want to check out. So it's uh, at obsidian.md. I
1: like their uh, their their motto or their uh, catchphrase or whatever you want to call it. Uh, a second brain for you forever is what they're saying it is.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. It's your, Yeah, it's it's my second brain. It's my offloading brain so that I don't forget things. I always said that about Evernote and, and Obsidian. The reason it took me so long to switch to Obsidian, or not to switch, but to add Obsidian was I always thought, well, I've already got Evernote. Why do I need Obsidian. But I'm using them for two different things. And so that's, that's a, big, a big part of it. But uh, yeah. Um, all right. And then uh, in the future, I've got some way, uh, I'll maybe have some tips and things for how I use it and link things to it. But uh, that's, that's for some future episodes. But for now, I think that should do it for us. So uh, if you have any feedback for us on anything we've talked about today, we would love to hear from you. You can go and comment at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com, and you'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. And here's something new. Join the StarQuest fan club mailing list by texting StarQuest to 66866. That's StarQuest to six six eight six six. You'll join our newsletter, and you'll be among the first people to know about our two new podcasts that are starting this week that I'm sure that you'll want to subscribe to. So StarQuest to 66866. Until next time, Father Andrew Kinstetter, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of technology. Thank you, Dom. Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bentinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest.